What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you very much for tuning in. Happy Labor Day, everybody. It is Monday, September 7th, 2020. We have a whole lot to talk about as we have four Tigers games to recap. I'd say four whole Tigers games, but two of them were seven-inning ball games, so not exactly whole, but we have a doubleheader recap as well as two nine-inning affairs that went down. A pretty rough weekend, all things considered, for the Tigers, but they did salvage one. And in segment number two, I will spend a little bit of time previewing today's pitching matchup, Labor Day ball game against the Minnesota Twins, the last game of what should have been a four-game series, but because of the makeup date, it was ultimately a five-game series. Let's wind the clocks back a few days, to, to paraphrase from the Dark Knight. Let's wind the clocks back a year. These uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. Tigers lost the first game of a doubleheader on Friday against the Minnesota Twins, 2 to nothing, a seven-inning affair. And I'll start with uh, just an unbelievable development that has happened. And this is truly, truly a mind-blowing statistic, what I'm about to talk about. I'll preface it by saying Matt Boyd was very good in the first game on Friday. He was excellent. Six innings, four hits, two earned runs, zero walks, eight strikeouts. He looked great. He, he's looked a- as good as he looked all season. Really uh, wonderful stuff. Mixing speeds, command very good. Pitching with a lot of conviction, a lot of confidence. Very good start. But it is worth noting that to the first two batters he faced, Jorge Polanco and Josh Donaldson, he gave up solo home runs. That is the third time in which Matt Boyd has done that this season. He did that in a span of five starts. Now, the statistic that I found on the Twittersphere, no pitcher in the history of baseball since the live ball era, which started, uh, I believe, in 1900, has had three starts in which they've given up back-to-back home runs to start a game in their career. Matt Boyd has done it three times this season. Now, let's break this down. What does that mean exactly? Why is that? Well, Matt Boyd was struggling early on in the season, struggling with command, but I'm sorry. Even the worst pitchers in the world are able to to avoid starting games by giving up back-to-back tanks. To me, this goes all the way back to last season, where Matt Boyd was really struggling giving up the long ball. Gave up more home runs last year than any pitcher in Major League Baseball. It makes me think that it's just a mental thing. Because Matt Boyd's stuff is is good. It, it's been good. It's not overwhelmingly good, but it's solid. It's, it's Major League pitcher, middle-of-the-road Major League pitcher, good, solid. I wish I had a definitive answer, but I am still trying to figure out what it is about Matt Boyd's stuff that makes him so susceptible to giving up the long ball, especially susceptible to giving up long balls early on in starts. I don't have a definitive answer, and when I don't have a definitive uh, analytical answer for you, when I don't have a statistical answer for you, it just makes me think there's some sort of mental block. And I don't know what that mental block is. I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm, I'm no Dr. Phil. What are you doing, Matt Boyd? You need to stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to spare you the impression. But I, I don't know. I don't have a definitive answer for that. And it's it's very strange to me because I like Matt Boyd. We've seen Matt Boyd be at his worst this year. We've seen Matt Boyd over his last couple starts be closer to his best. I don't know what the issue is. 
early on in the season, I I could have chalked it up to, well, he's just struggling, but he pitched very well on Friday. He pitched great. Uh, technically, in this uh, weird world that is 2020, technically a complete game, six innings uh, of only two earned runs and eight strikeouts. I don't know what the explanation is, but it's devastating because it put the Tigers behind the eight ball and the rest of the offense decided to take a vacation. Randy Dobnak, as well as the Twins bullpen, shut down the Tigers in the first game on Friday. You know, it's one of those games you're just going to lose. And I know that sounds silly and and cliche and derivative, but you're going to have games every so often, whether it be in a 60-game season or a 162-game season where the offense just goes cold and you get shut down by a good pitcher. That's what happened in the first game on Friday. The second game, to me, was far more intriguing because the Tigers had a lead for a whole lot of it. You had Tyler Alexander starting, going four innings, gave up a lot of hits, but you know, it limited the damage. Only one earned run and four strikeouts and zero walks. The rest of the bullpen was pretty solid. Garcia, very good. Farmer with a scoreless inning. You get to the bottom of the seventh, or I'm sorry, I forgot about this. You get to the top of the seventh. I forgot to bring this up. The Tigers were the home team uh, in this game, making up for the the rain. Well, was it no? It was the protest slash rainout that was last week's series. Look, I have no issue with the Tigers trying to have Gregory Soto close things down for them on Friday. This is a guy who's been pretty darn good for this team, and he has closer stuff. Like ideally, in a perfect world. Gregory Soto is going to be the closer here for the next several years. Unless, of course, you sign some some great free agent, but even so, nowadays, for the most part, and there are exceptions, for the most part, the best closers, in my opinion, are homegrown guys, at least long-term closers. You can maybe plug in a guy for a year or two to be a solid closer, but the best ones are, are the ones that, that come up through your system. That's that's my, my Judeo uh, pitching beliefs, right? He came in, he struggled, gave up two walks and a single which allowed the game to be tied. Cisnero came in, did an incredible job of, of putting out the fire. The game went to extra innings. Jimenez came in, gave up an unearned run, and the Tigers ended up blowing it. A, a pretty devastating loss. They got out hit 11-6. to I watched the entire game and I was just like, man, this just feels like a game they're going to lose. And it was. It was a game that they ended up losing. The pitching uh, couldn't hold there in the ninth inning. Like this Twins team is a frustrating team because they. Oh, sometimes I'll watch them and I'll think, wow, this is a team that can compete for the World Series. And sometimes I'll watch them and think this is a team that shouldn't even be playing in the postseason. But the one thing about them that has been consistent across the board over the last two years is that they don't give away at bats. They put together really solid plate appearances, beginning to end, you know, top to bottom, and. You were just kind of waiting that whole game for the moment in which the the long plate appearances, the long at bats, were going to end up being a reward for them, and that's that's exactly what happened in that seventh and eighth inning. You know, a frustrating loss for the Tigers, but then you get to Saturday's game. To me, the most fascinating game of the weekend so far because the future was on display. The Tigers lost this game. I'll talk about what happened in the later innings here in a second, but the most exciting thing that came of it was that we saw what was the first great start of Tarek Skubal's career. Tarek Skubal was a flat-out stud on Saturday. Six innings, two hits, one run, two walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, 78 pitches over six innings against a really good Twins lineup. The most excited I've been watching a Tigers game in several years. I, I He was really dealing, man. And when you got to that sixth inning, and, and I really wanted to see him close the book on his first great start. I was really getting into it, and I hope we have a lot more starts like that. 
clear growth from Tarek Skubal. And, and I think that we're already seeing him develop into a more cerebral, more confident pitcher. That, that was the word that came to mind right away is confidence. He, he never struck me as a guy who was overwhelmed. But I think that when you get to the major league level, especially when you debut against a great lineup like the White Sox and you're facing a team like the Twins, good lineups, the Indians, good teams, I think there's a learning curve. And there's there's got to be a moment, I think it's like this with every young pitcher, where they realize, I'm here for a reason. I'm here because I have the stuff to get out at the major league level. I saw Tarek Skubal on Saturday being a guy pitching with a lot of confidence, a guy who believed in his stuff, a guy who was using that tremendous fastball of his to get ahead and using several of his other pitches to be able to get guys out. He was painting with the fastball. He had an, a, just a beautiful, the pitching ninja featured uh, this pitch, a 97-mile-per-hour fastball that he struck out a right-handed batter with that was perfectly painted. I thought his changeup floating away from right-handed batters was a really effective pitch for him. It was a wonderful outing, and it's something. It, it's such a huge sigh of relief because I feel the same way with Mize and I'll talk about him in a second I feel like you get one great start under your belt that's all you need you know you get your foot in the door you get that confidence up you know right away you know now you have the ability when you are at your best to retire guys at the major league level you have the ability to go deep in games you have the ability to strike guys out I think that's such a huge start for Scooby and I can't wait to see how he develops here he's just he was sensational man that was a really fun game to watch. You got to the bottom of the ninth inning there. Jose Cisnero came on to close it out. Again, I I had no issue with the decision. They're playing it by ear, and I think, I hope, they're even playing it by, by matchups, and I think that's really, that's a smart thing to do. Cisnero came in. He struggled. It would have pitched out of it, you know, majority of the time. Byron Buxton hit a routine ground ball to short. He has blazing speed. That was really an amazing, amazing uh, job that he did legging out that infield single for a, a walk-off a single there in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, frustrating for Jose Cisnero, who's been so good for this baseball team. Really a wonderful story. I mean, this guy was out of baseball for a long time. Has put together some really good outings for this team uh, during this season, and even at points last season as well. It just goes to show you, man, the three final outs are the three hardest outs to get. Being a great late-inning reliever, not a closer, but being a great middle reliever is it's like being the backup quarterback where everyone always says, or maybe, I don't know, maybe these are just my experiences being a Michigan football fan, but everyone always says that the next guy in line is automatic, right? That if you called up the guy, the eighth inning guy to be the closer, he would be automatic right away. That's never the case. I remember this in 2017 when K-Rod was done. Francisco Rodriguez had nothing left, and Justin Wilson in the eighth inning was just dealing. He just looked phenomenal. They demote K-Rod, they move Wilson to the closer role, and he struggled a little bit. There's something about those final three outs, that mental block that just gets into people's heads. Uh, he struggled. It was a game they lost, and I said this in the post game, and it's true, Good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose. And, and this Tigers team, make no mistake about it, is still a bad baseball team. And they struggled uh, mightily to close out those two games against the Twins, and it's the reason why they found themselves down three games to nothing in this series. But they did bounce back yesterday with a really impressive 10-8 to victory over the Twinkies. I'm running way over on time right now, so when I get back, I'm going to talk about that game and preview today's pitching matchup as well. Look, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. 
usually people just brush it off and blame themselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or they avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash XXX and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to Roman.com slash LockedOnMLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. And we're back. So I have one more game to cover. It was yesterday's ball game. The only game the Tigers won over the weekend. Uh, a wild, wild game. A 10-8 to victory against the Minnesota Twins, of course. Casey Mize started uh, another so-so start for him. Sadly, four innings, five hits, three earned runs. It should have been two. Two walks and three strikeouts. Mize seems to be a bit stuck right now. Because it doesn't seem like he's improving at all. It doesn't seem like he's really gotten better since that first start. His stuff is phenomenal. Uh, I have no doubt about that. His command has been so-so at points. What I worry about is him being a bit predictable. In the minor leagues, he was probably a varsity pitcher pitching against junior varsity talent. Not to say that there's bad players in the minor leagues, but Casey Mize, pretty early on, you know what the intentions were. You know he was uh, most likely going to be a major league pitcher here real soon, and, and now he is. But I think in the minor leagues, he was able to get ahead with the fastball or the you know a- any of the, the pitches that he throws. But when he got to two strikes, he would bring out the splitter, and that would be his strikeout pitch pretty much automatically. And in his first start against the White Sox, that was the case. You get two strikes, you could throw the splitty, good things happen, you get strikeouts. That predictability can't last at the major league level. And I think he's already run into issues with it. Dan Petrie brought it up on the broadcast. And like, I know there's a lot of people who are really split on the Tigers' current broadcasting crew, but he made a really good point. I think Petrie does a good job, and that's that Mize may benefit, and it might force him to leave his comfort zone a bit, but may benefit from working backwards, meaning maybe throw that splitter early in counts instead of later in counts. Keep guys on their toes. I have no doubt that Mize can be able to get outs and get strikeouts with any of his pitches. Like, the movement on his fastball is good. He's got a really good cutter, which he threw a lot more yesterday. He's got amazing stuff. He just needs to trust it more. You know, you don't have to rely on the splitty to get guys out with two strikes. And I think he had trouble putting guys away yesterday because he was being a bit overly reliant on just the splitter and just the cutter to try to get guys out. He can get guys out with the fastball or the curveball as well. I... I I think he'll grow here. He just needs to take that next step, even if it means leaving his comfort zone a little bit. Uh, they were down. They were down by a lot in, in this ball game. They were down 6-3. to three. It kind of seemed like this thing was over, but they just kept battling back. And that is the one thing, look, that is the one thing about this baseball team that uh, is undeniable. 
they they don't quit and they don't give away at bats. Yes, they will struggle. They they might put together poor at bats, but that doesn't mean giving away at bats. You know, it's it's about effort with this team. And and I've said this from the beginning. As much as they may be trying to lose as an organization, you can't tell players not to try. And that's exactly what's happened during this season. I think we've seen a lot of guys, even the lesser talented guys, putting their best feet forward, and they rallied. They all rallied off of what was a very so-so. Twins bullpen. Willie Castro looks really good right now. Willie Castro with a 350 average and a 922 OPS. What an exciting thing that may be to potentially have a, a shortstop or third baseman of the future there in Willie Castro if he continues to swing the bat well. You had 17 hits for the Tigers yesterday. Grayson Griner had the game tying and eventually game winning RBIs with a solo home run. Look, Grayson Griner is not a good ball player at the major league level. He has a 143 batting average and a 622 OPS. But if you make a mistake to him, he can crush it. Like he does have some power, and that power was put on display yesterday. Every single Tiger in the lineup had at least one hit yesterday, at least of the guys who started. Kristen Stewart pinch hit and went 0 for 1. You also had, and I forgot to bring this up, Sergio Alcantara, who uh, on a 20 to 80 grade scale on MajorLeagueBaseball.com had a power rating of 20 in his Major League debut and in his first Major League at bat, hit a home run. That's why you play the game, man. What a weird, unpredictable sport baseball is. I do want to say a couple of observations that I noticed from the pitching staff. Kyle Funkhauser, while he did give up a solo home run yesterday, has been substantially better since that disastrous debut of his, and the stuff is pretty darn good. He was throwing 98 miles per hour yesterday with sync, with movement. I'm not giving up on him. I'm not giving up on Kyle Funkhauser. I think as a reliever, they might have something with him. And then yesterday, you got the save in a 10-8 game by Brian Garcia. Brian Garcia has just been a godsend for this team. ERA down to 169. That was a big boy save that he converted yesterday against a really good lineup. So the Tigers, with that win, got their head above water. Their record is now 18 and 20, and they move on to the final game of this series today against the Twins. 2-10 ball game. You have Michael Pineda going for the Twinkies. You have his second start of the season. He comes in with a 0-0 record and a 3-0-0 ERA. Pineda provided exactly what the Twins needed on Tuesday when he returned from suspension with six innings of two-run ball against the White Sox to snap a six-game skid and fill the shorthanded rotation. He's a professional pitcher. He's a good pitcher. He was a guy at one point seemed like someone who could probably lead a rotation when he was early on in his tenure with the Yankees. That's not the case anymore, but he can still give you innings. He can still get uh, the occasional strikeout as well. His stuff has always been good. He's always had a really good slider. And then, of course, for the Tigers, you have Michael Fulmer going still with a 0-0 record, 7-2-7 ERA. Fulmer has won all five career starts against the Twins, including a 3-0 record and a 2-5-5 ERA in three outings at Target Field. I I didn't know that, but yeah, when he was really rolling, he had a lot of success against the Twins. Won his first major league game against the Minnesota Twins. He struck out six batters over three scoreless innings Tuesday in Milwaukee. That's the key right there. I want to see him build off that. I I would love to see, even if he gives up a run or two, I want to see Michael Fulmer give him four innings on the in this game. I, I think he's, he's capable of it. I think he, the rust has worn off a little bit where he can be able to give some some frames beyond just the two or three that he's given them so far. I think that would be a really wonderful step forward in his continual growth coming back from Tommy John surgery. Tigers just desperately trying at this point to see if they can stay in the, that playoff chase. I have, uh, I have serious doubts personally, but we will see where it goes. That will do it for 
this show. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers, and while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Also, on my Twitter page, you will find the link to my YouTube channel where you will find uh, all the movie reviews that I've posted. Just posted a a recent review of the live-action Mulan remake. So thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great Labor Day, and go Tigers.